Hi, this is Pat Blythe, and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is Tuesday, September 7, 2021. These are the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. Happy September, everyone. The Pandemic Interviews took a two-week hiatus with a little trip to the cottage, and now we're back. An incredibly hot and humid summer here in Toronto. It whizzed by so fast, it seemed we just got started. Fall, however, is my favorite time of year. It's fresher, crisper, and colorful. We have some great interviews coming up over the next few months, including Mitchell Field from the 1980s band Hellfield, singer-songwriter Alfie Zappacosta, vocalist Dan Clancy from Lighthouse, bassist-producer, writer Jerry Mosby, guitarist-singer-songwriter Syl Simone, and a couple of catch-up conversations with Paul DeLong and Ember Swift, and so many more. It's wonderful to be sitting with blues artist Kathy Young. This is the first time I've met Kathy. She has been called a Yorkville legend and a Canadian music icon and is such a key part of the story of Toronto's music history. Multi-talented and multifaceted, Kathy is a vocalist, songwriter, producer, guitarist, harmonica, and kazoo player. That's a rare breed, kazoo players. Singing at the age of three, busking on the streets of Toronto as a young teenager, Kathy performed at the Minor Bird in Yorkville at the tender age of 16, just a little underage, portrayed Mary Magdalene in Jesus Christ Superstar, won the Juno in 1974 for the Most Promising Female Vocalist of the Year, and was nominated again in 1975 for Best Female Artist for her second album. Kathy's 1969 debut album, A Spoonful of Kathy, was named Pick of the Week by Billboard magazine. Her second album, Travel Stained, was released in 1973. She is a founding member of the Spirit of Yorkville alumni and produced the Spirit of Yorkville Music Festival in Toronto. A 70-foot mural painted by artist Adrian Hales on a 22-foot building in downtown Toronto features many of the iconic artists who have performed on the Young Street Strip. The mural includes a depiction of Kathy's first album, honoring her music, the artist, and her role in Toronto's music scene. Welcome, Kathy. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm blushing. Thank you very much for that. It's really nice to be here, and especially in this space. is uh, I just said it feels like I'm 16 again and working back at the head shop. It's so eclectic. Just like the owners. It's fabulous. Okay, so Kathy, you this is the first time we've met, so this is a brand new interview. Um, we're now over a year into the pandemic. By the end of 2019... Everybody's already planning for 2020. It's going to be a great decade. You know, everybody's got lots of hope and lots of change. How were you approaching 2020? What did you expect to be doing? Well, I put on my Facebook page cover, I got 2020 vision. But to tell you the truth in my heart, although I had hope, I had a dark cloud in there and I had a premonition that something not good was going to happen. And I kept trying to push it away because I'm an optimistic person by nature. But something really was getting at me. And, uh, gee, when it, it hit, um, I was looking at the stuff on in uh, Wuhan, and uh, I thought, oh, boy. 
I remember SARS when it came to Toronto. It never scared us. We we dealt with it. Ronnie Hawkins and I, uh, through Gino Empry, went to Chinatown and had uh, beef uh, with uh, at uh, at a famous Chinese restaurant because we wanted to support the fact that don't be afraid of these things. But this is something else. This is uh, SARS. Uh, oriented, originated as, as a SARS, but it's very, very scary virus. And uh, I considered 20, 2020 a throwaway year, and that's what I called it. Mm-hmm. Just throw it away and carry on. And I had some easy days, some hard days, but, you know, my whole life has been like this. You just adapt you just go with the flow, you surf, you keep positive, you, you keep your friends close by telephone, contact. It's so easy to lose contact. And then what do you say? Oh, gee, who calls who first? You just have to just stay in contact, stay in faith. I've been praying a lot, but believing, because faith without belief is empty faith. So it's been good. I've been okay. My sister said, how come you haven't gone crazy? I said, because I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been keeping busy? Oh, very, actually. I've been uh, working my craft, uh, working on my book called uh, Watch Me, Daddy. That's the title of the book? Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. Thank you. And working on uh, completing my, uh, the script for my one-woman show, called catharsis in heels. It's from katharos, the Greek word, which is the base of my name. So mm-hmm. I can own that word. Catharsis in heels. Take it on the road. It's catharsis in heels on wheels. And you've been busy putting a PSA together now with some of those wonderful music icons. Well, that's what I've been doing since December because right. the lockdown came and forget about venues trying to put a show together. And I was not feeling much to finish my book. <laughs> but what got me was um, Brian Master called me one day and he said, uh, our wonderful friend and DJ from the Chum FM days, Jewel Radio. He's just part of our music scene and a great drummer, by the way. He works with me sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Brian called me and he said, we were having a we were having a, a little laugh. And I said, I've got this song. Oh, cannabis, I love you all my life. <laughs> if you were a man, I'd gladly be your wife. Right? And he laughed and he said, how about this one? He said, do you remember the... Uh, the song by the Beaumarks called Clap Your Hands. And I just about fell over Pat because I used to come home and pantomime to that song. And he was my boyfriend. And I walk away and he say, don't go away and I'd come back. And fast forward 12, 14 years. I'm a pro singer. I'm in the studio now. I'm recording some backgrounds for this guy, Joey Conrad. And we get to the sixth song. And this song comes on in a gospel arrangement. I said, oh. I ran in the control room. I said, I know this song. The artist said, I wrote that song. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. That's Joey Frechette from the Beaumarks. I said, oh, my gosh. Now, fast forward another 30 years. Yeah, I got to tell you, that's my age. And Brian Master answers to my little cannabis song. He says, how about this? You remember the Clap Your Hands by the Beaumarks? I said, oh, <laughs> do I ever? He said, how about this? Just wash your hands, wash your hands. And that's all he had to say. And within half an hour, I had the song written. 
And I couldn't get into, I felt like the little red hand. I couldn't, I couldn't get into any studios to get it done. And I'm, I'm thinking I want to use all these people. And I put it out on Facebook on my own. I finally got mad, grabbed my guitar, played it in five minutes and put it out on my, on my page on Facebook. Very limited there, you know, not world exposure. Well, maybe it is. Anyway, yeah, well, Mark Garner from the uh, young, downtown young BIA, a uh, staunch supporter of the industry and Toronto musicians, and I don't know where we'd be without him. Um, he wrote, that's great, Kathy, and people really liked it. I said, that's catchy, and he said, this should be a PSA. I said, got it. Mark, you get it. So I, I messaged him, and I said, you get it. Um, that's exactly what I want, and you're the miracle man. You want to play? That's exactly what I said, and he jumped on, and he said, let's use the mural artists. And I thought, oh, why didn't I think of that? So that's what we did, and we canvassed everyone and uh, who we could get, we got. And we're blessed that we got Ronnie Hawkins. I drove out yeah, to his house. Yeah, that's fabulous. Oh, he's an angel. He's a, he's a player. He's a real musician. He's there right Balls to the wall, Ronnie, you know? That's him. And and I love him so much for what he did for us, you know? And we got Greg Godovitz and John Findlay, George Oliver, Jay Douglas, and uh, also Adrian Hales, who did the actual mural. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a nice little congregation of uh, people just putting out a positive message. So wear a mask and wash your hands and... Hopefully they'll their faces will be recognized and people will go oh I know that guy oh what it's saying and it's such a catchy tune so yeah that's what I've been doing and a good project to work on so what's changed for you in the past year hmm well uh, I had a, a little surgery on my eyes I sliced and diced my eyelids <laughs> so that uh, I, they were kind of hooded and I couldn't really see so much so I'm like hello. Can you see me out there in Radio Land? How do I look? <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I did, and that was September. They're just still healing. Apparently, I'm not full of inflammation. <laughs> so that's what melts the stitches. Did you know that? Inflammation. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Y'all learn something new every day, Pat. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I did. I had a couple of... So how do you keep... So you're still out there singing and writing, obviously. Um, has your approach or direction altered at all, keeping yourself relevant? No. Actually, it's... Um, I, I believe in timing, and I really do. And for a while... My timing was to go to Mexico and do some shows and, and help out some charities there. And that was wonderful. But there's no way to travel now. So, and there's very little way to do the community work that I, I like to do. That has been affected. And that is my um, way of helping by doing right. the PSA. So it's basically, go, I've gone more digital than I than I ever was and until we can we can get together again like it says in the PSA we will get through this but we all have to stand our ground and we all have to work together so important how are you coping personally I watch a lot of TV price is right uh, let's make a deal all the stupid stuff that you know keeps your mind kind of working you know a wheel of fortune oh man I get them every time I should go on that show you should uh, name that tune. Uh, 
I can't bear to watch much of the mask, although I fast forward it until the end um, to see who they were because I think that that's cute. Mm-hmm. But I find it's a little cutesy, and the judges are so sweet, but a little saccharine there. So it, I like the content of the show. So those kind of things I, I watch. I just recently watched an incredible pay-per-view called Promising Young Woman. And that is amazing. Carrie Mulligan is an incredible actress. Where has she been? Where have I been? I don't know. But now I've discovered her. She's amazing. And I, I urge you, it, it's a great, it's about a girl who goes after the guys who go after drunken girls in the bar and take them home and take advantage of them. Right. Yeah, I've heard of the show. I've heard of the movie. Have you? Okay, yeah. well, I hadn't, but I watched. I don't really sit that long, but I, I was transfixed with this, you know. Wow. Quite an amazing movie. And I watched The Queen's Gambit. That was another one that really got me. So, you know, the nice, smart films. I try not to watch too much CNN, but, of course, I have been locked into it when the major news comes and things, you know. Trying not to watch the, the George... Oh, yeah, the big sigh. Um, yeah. But justice will be done. I really do believe that. Things have to change. Sometimes it takes that, that type of tra- tragic tragic happening to wake the world up. We are woke. We have changed. Something has shifted. There's been a paradigm shift in this world, and this pandemic is part of it. So how's your motivation and creativity been? Up and down. Uh, sometimes I, I write, and other times I don't want to do it. So I watch a silly show because you have to keep yourself uplifted. I mean, I, I went and started writing on my book, and ooh, it was a, a little painful. And I found that I crashed. So I can't afford to crash. Right. I give myself, I allow myself that feeling for the day. I go stay away from the book and do something else. And um my sleeping pill is a is a really hot bath um oh it's nice with epsom salt and some bubbles maybe and and some uh coltrane uh i love coltrane, him. Of and course. miles coltrane and miles. miles give me those boys little pat Matheny. oh i love him just that nice soft offside jazz that you can just yeah. sort of get into you know um if i if i play too much blues i wake up too much in the bath so <laughs> you mentioned a book. Is that a journal that you're writing in? Is that a journal? Or are you writing songs? It's a book. On, it's a. It's a. I guess an autobiography. Okay, so this is the book that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, every little girl has said, "If he's around, watch me, Daddy." It's a great title for a book. Thank you so much. We've all been pretty much isolated for, well, a year, over a year now. So how do you feel about virtual collaborations? Okay. Before I continue that book, I've been writing with Peter Tassie, who has has had published works, and he's the guy who actually got, brought me to making it a physical reality. And just as we started working together, <laughs> COVID hit. COVID so, hit. So we've just been a little bit like that. But he's, he's very much a, a part so you're, of this. You're, but you're working with this, so you would have some virtual collaboration going on with him. That's when you said, yeah. yeah. I Perfect. thought that's a good yeah. segue to backtrack yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I'm finding that uh, it's probably a good thing to do 
that's the only one I've done so far, but I'm I'm open, you know, if uh, somebody wants to give me a call. And I've actually been asked to do a few things um, that people have written and mm -hmm. have a listen and did I want to sing on it, things like that. But I would love to do a write like that. Well, I guess I just did too with Brian Master, right? Yeah, you did, and you've done the collaboration, yeah, with the video. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, answers so, a big capital Y, yes. And how And how? How did you find that, though, working with artists? Love it. In, yep. Oh, I love it. I love to produce. I love to be a part of the team. I love to be part of the backup. I love to star. I love to not star. I love to, I've learned how to put my ego in the corner. One mm. thing about maturing, oh, did I say that word, is... Getting over yourself. Yeah. And the moment I got over myself, I started to get really happy. And now I'm free. I can play. I can put on whatever hat I need to put on. So I can really contribute. And I love to play in the sandbox with my friends. I've always had my friends come and play on my records. I probably was the only, yeah, the only person, in individual artist, to have 35 Canadian musicians on her album. And I did that um, uh, when I play live. Mm -hmm. I always bring my friends in. It's kind of like a vaudeville variety show because <laughs> but you never get bored if you come and see me live. Hopefully that'll be soon. Kathy wrote Worry Worry in 1974. Here we are almost 50 years later, and it still applies, particularly with the state of the world today. Some things never change. This is an original song for you called Worry Worry, constant state of my mind, that kind of upbeat stripper beat, you know.
performance mm-hmm. that's key to the development of new artists but it's also key to the continuing development of artists who have been doing it for many years what do you think the future of live music is going to look like when we come out the other side of this i think it's not ever going to be as it was you can't turn the clock back there have been too many elements of change that have been introduced, uh, that we have to find a new way, a new frontier. And if that is less capacity, higher prices, that's what's going to happen. Streaming as well, so people have an option of if they they don't want to go live and they don't want to mix then then they can stream it live i really do believe in the uh, in the future of live streaming b2k did one live streaming show a few months ago and they got like i don't know 20 30 million dollars there's money there they had major sponsorship for that one as well but yes See, you know everything. I like you. <laughs> I don't know everything. But I did hear about that one. And you bring up a good point with the streaming. Um, is that going to be the wave of the future? Do you think that's people are going to be willing to sit and watch artists in 2D? Uh, I think it's going to be holograms now. I think the the live uh, concerts are are going to be watching holograms. That's interesting. And uh, or maybe even virtual reality is going to kick in there, but definitely, it's going to it's going to go that way. Uh, speaking of streaming, I've been asked to be a part of the uh, this year's Earth Day celebrations, and it's 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 an around the world thing. So we're going to introduce the the PSA because it has uh, the world in it too. It's everybody's song. And it's going to be streaming. So I have a performance that I did at the Duke. The last performance, I, I was uh, a very grateful guest of Robbie Lane and his Robbie, band. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful. And his wife, Marilyn. I mean, there's, people. there's some bookends for you. <laughs> anyway, they uh, brought me in as a guest. And uh, apparently that was the last show of uh, one of the last shows in Toronto, definitely at the Duke, before COVID shut it all down. I, I shoot everything that I do because I don't do a lot of performance. So I like to make it an event. So even a, a half hour show, I'll shoot it. So I did that and recorded it, and uh, I got the song, my original called Worry Worry, which speaks to the world. Half the world is laughing, half the world is crying, worry, worry, half the world's living, half the world's dying. You know, it's not much I ask of you. Tell me what you're going to do. You're still sitting there. Do you really care? What are you going to do? 
worry, worry. So, you know, we're running around so fast. Well, I wonder what's the hurry. So hopefully they like it. So I've, I've sent in that clip and that will be live streamed. Uh, Japan has sent in a couple of their top pop acts, and I know that Las Vegas has just signed on with The Weeknd and a couple of other people. So, I mean, it could be something amazing. This this thing, good things can come out of this thing. What I've noticed is watching the award shows and the things like that, people are so happy to be real, happy to finally speak what their hearts are saying about each other in general. There's only one race, the human race. Yep. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Get off my soapbox. But that, that's that's what I see. You know? Do you think 2020 was a career killer, particularly for those who were not so well established? Absolutely. Same as for the restaurant. Same as for anybody who wasn't either didn't have fat pockets, fat parents, or rich parents, or, or 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 a good bank account, something to support you through. Thank goodness for our federal government. We're the only one in the world that is totally supporting our our, our artists and the people who haven't been able to work. We would be in horrible shape. So we live in the best country in the world. In my mind, I'm a proud Canadian. Even if I wrote O Cannabis. <laughs> that makes two of us. Yes, I can see in your eyes. Would this be a good time in the past year? I mean, we're over a year into the pandemic now, but would this have been and continuing to be, because I don't really see 2021 opening up a whole lot, a good time to take advantage of it and plan and prepare and be ready for when the gates open, so to speak. And people are ready. They're ready to open up the arenas and the bars and what have you for live music. The smart people are doing that and they're keeping the faith and they're hanging on. It's It will separate the wheat from the chaff. Let's put it that way. Okay. Because everything starts in an innovation point. I'm going my, moving my fingers in a circle and ends up in a saturation point mm -hmm. and then starts all over again, which is why all those kids had to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> when the downloading started and the record companies decided, ah, we need publishing, we're bleeding, help. And so we only want to sign artists that do their own songwriting. And like the artists are going, huh? <laughs> so they've had to learn. And that was a new innovation thing. that They, they brought in electronics and mm -hmm. sometimes some old retro. And, you know, people like me are popular again, speaking of retro. You lived, and you're the first, actually, you're the first person that I've interviewed that's actually lived the 60s in Yorkville. <laughs> well, actually, the performer before you, Paul DeLong, also did, but he wasn't so involved in Yorkville. You've been heavily involved in the Yorkville scene since the 60s, since you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that I had, and it's not really on part of my list, was um, there was a special feeling. I mean, there was... Yorkville and Toronto, there was Laurel Canyon in the California, and there was Piccadilly Circus, Carnaby Street in England. So everybody at that time in the 60s, and people started to share. And it was a whole new renaissance of music and art that came out of that. And then we got into, now we spin forward to the 90s and the 2000s, and yes, we have a lot of electronica. We have a lot of electronica. I'm supposed to be talking into the mic, and I don't all the time um uh and i'm now artists are going back to the in instruments that they used to play 
and learning new instruments. Do you think maybe we might, I know this is a long question, do you think we might have a new renaissance in music that we might be able to get more out of artists that have been around for a while and new artists? Absolutely. I think it's happening. We're going more organic in our food, in our music, in our everything. We're going more organic, and I think it's uh, it's uh, it's important. As for sharing music in Yorkville, that's where I started, and we did share. the The feeling was here. We are. We're, we're here for water seeks its own level. We're here for the same reason. We just we want to learn. We want to experience. We want to be make friends. Have a be like family. And I learned how to play guitar. How we taught me. Uh, House of the Rising Sun. Maria, uh, um, who is still an activist today. Maria. Kassan is her name, and uh, she, after she stopped playing music, she was selling flowers. She and her sister in Yorkville, they were always a presence in Yorkville. When we do our next mural, we're doing murals in Yorkville. We must, and a museum is coming up as well. And I've I got to have your, a picture of, of Maria with her roses and all the different characters that, that were part of it. I learned how to play harmonica um, from a, a guy named Sonny. But Sonny turned into being Leon Redbone. Oh, yeah. We used to play pool together. And say, How you doing today, Sonny? He'd go, terrible, terrible. That's all he ever said. Terrible, terrible. And I miss him so much. And he, and he left and he became... I have one Polaroid picture of him. He looks just like Bob Dylan with the camel coat and the hair. But he gave me his uh, harp holder and he showed me how to play harmonica. That's called sharing. And... I don't see a lot of that going on with the young people today. They they get in a clique and then they don't, they don't want anybody else necessarily to, to do what they're doing, or they get a little nervous. And we never had any of that. We didn't. We were the beginning, I guess. So we didn't have anything to compare to. We just did our stuff. Do you think we'll come back to that, though? Do you think maybe coming out of this? There's so. been a lot of collaboration going on with videos, as we've all seen on social media. So do you think maybe there'll be more trust and uh, or less, yeah, more trust and more sharing coming out, even with um, the older artists, with the younger artists, maybe some more mentoring, some more working together, some more sharing? I agree, and I think it, it, it would be very much beneficial for everyone to do that. Get organic, go back to the beginning, speak your truth. Um, I'm a member of the Prime Mentors of Canada and one of my, um, one of my, in the year 2000, my project was working with a Peter Mann, the wonderful producer Peter Mann. I interned with him for seven years in production and we auditioned a hundred girls and we ended up with four. And he produced the nylon, you know, so he knows the perfect sound. We had four different girls. They were from 14 to 17, and they were still in school. And we left them in school. It wasn't about making the money. It was about making the music. And this music that we made holds up today. One of the songs is called Crisis, and it's exactly what's going on today. Oh, my gosh. And... The, why we didn't get a deal was exactly year 2000 downloading. They said, well, we only want stuff that they wrote. Well, they weren't writers. 
So we let them stay in school and do whatever they did. And they're all successful today and very happy for the experience because they weren't taken advantage of. They were mentored. And they, I just, I consider it a great uh, achievement. It was one of the reasons how I got over myself because it wasn't about me and I could do it for these girls and get them the clothing sponsors and get them that spot at the CNE that they said, no, there's no room. Yes, there is. Yes. And I could do anything. I got them New Year's Eve at the Sky Dome. And I could never do that for myself. But for someone else, I could. And what a gift, what a power to be able to do that and, and give an experience to these young girls that they'll never forget. And one of them is now an opera singer. She does, uh, oh, yeah, they did really well. She, she always was, but she, we didn't take them away from anything that they were going towards. We just enhanced them. And Peter is such an amazing person to work with. I, I, we couldn't have worked with anybody better. So, yes, collaboration. Wow. Yeah. And mentoring. Mentoring is actually such a wonderful thing to be able to offer mm -hmm. uh, from people who have experience to younger artists today. I think that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. I think all of, uh, all of uh, the people, all my friends out there, if you're listening and you wonder what you want to do with yourself, if you don't already know, um, share, your, share your craft because you're very special and you worked your 10,000 hours and somebody needs to learn from you. You need to take it forward. Yeah. For future generations. Take it forward. Take it forward. Take you it take forward. the high road. <laughs> and I'll take the high road with you. And, and, uh, yeah, no low road here. Uh -uh. The past 11 months have given artists um, a lot of time to pause and reflect um, and possibly take... A different approach to their music, maybe take more risks, keep things simpler. Do you think that we're going to see some, not a, so much a renaissance, but maybe a change in how senior artists or artists that have been doing it for a long time are now starting to approach their music and maybe taking a different tact? That's a sigh because I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it's an individual response to change. And I would think that some of them would uh, and some of them wouldn't. Some of them would just get bitter and say what happened and this is a nasty thing and, and just not be able to move forward with it. And others will. It's a choice. So I think I can't answer for everybody. Yeah, the, the it's always commented on to me and uh, with other conversations I've had in passing that artists – um, are more flexible or adaptable to change. Maybe they have more creative approaches. And lately in the past year, I've been hearing the word pivot mm. a lot. <laughs> it's not something that was in my vocabulary pre-pandemic, but it's out there now. So do you think that artists are more flexible or adaptable to change? They can pivot? I think absolutely, because... If in this business, and people, especially if they're mature artists, they know the rule that if you don't bend, you break. So it's not that you bend over backwards, but you got to be able to bend. You got to be able to, like a palm tree, can go right flat and then come right back up again. It's the only tree that can do that. So we all have to be like palm trees. And I think that a lot of us are. We know how to surf, and you have to be able to do that. Or, or else it, this business will break you, even even at a later age. What do you think it's going to take to get people back out to see live performance? 
Well, wear your mask, wash your hands, get a vaccination. Unfortunately, uh, I haven't been a great fan of them, but I'm going to go get one. Yes, folks, I said it. And uh, I have to stand up for, for what's correct. And I think that I'll take my chances. I'm going to get vaccinated and help become part of the herd immunity uh, no matter what. And the rest is protecting myself uh, with the PPE that I have and um, the blood type that I have is pretty good. And just move forward. That's all we can do. Also from 1974, Lonely Man was produced by Kathy Young and Scott Syme and features award-winning jazz trombonist Russ Little. According to Kathy, the song made Burton Cummings cry. He said, that's me.
Welcome back to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. The song you just heard, Lonely Man, was performed by Kathy Young. I had the pleasure of chatting with Kathy on April 8, 2021. What do you think the wave of the future will be in terms of touring and selling merchandise? Do you think touring is going to come back the way it used to be, or are we going to see some massive changes with that as well? It changes. I don't know about massive, but um, if we achieve herd immunity then I think um, it's possible to have the type of shows that we had. Moreover, I think what's going to happen, we're going to have more things like what happens at the Alma Combo. They're quite prepared for the future. And it's going to be live streaming, a limited audience, and then everyone can do the pay-per-view. And they might incorporate, I mean, people might incorporate, as I said, holograms, so that it's all about changing our thinking and how we receive things. And if we move forward, it might be a wonderful experience. We enjoyed seeing Natalie Cole singing with her father. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I've seen that a few yeah, times. Yeah, it brought tears to our yeah. eyes. So those kind of things, you can, hey, we can have Elvis back again. <laughs> hunk a hunk of burning love. <laughs> <laughs> So live streaming. So you don't think it's just a short-term fix or a fad. Oh, you think no. it's something that's going to continue and morph into something Here to completely stay. different. Here to stay. A new a new revenue stream. New revenue stream. Like the masks. Look at all those people taking advantage of the thing with all the masks, you know. Yeah. Did you see Taylor Swift's? It was all flowers all over her face. Well, her match, it, it matched her uh, outfit, matched didn't it? Out, yeah. Yeah. Yes, everybody's getting matching masks with matching outfits. Yes, I have mine. <laughs> I just wear basic black. It's a kind of gray because I put the gray ones on today, you see. Mm -hmm. So do you think people are going to be okay with sitting at home watching musicians in 2D? Now, you mentioned holograms. Well, it's going to be 3D. It's going to be 3D. They're now doing 3D sets, you know. Figure out in the next five years, we're going to have 3D television. It's going to be as real as it can get. And... I also believe that we'll be able to to do live, but I don't think we're ever going back to the days of the ignorance. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I don't see it. When the pandemic hit in the 17, you know, whatever that was, 1640, what the good thing that came out of that was sanitation. That's when they started to sanitize. Oh, you mean with the Spanish flu? Yeah. yeah, Uh, No, before that. Oh, the Black Plague. Yeah. Yeah. That's when they started to sanitize. You know that little song, uh, Ring Around the Rosies, A Pocket Full of Posies, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down. Yeah, that's all. Mm -hmm. We teach this to our kids, you know. Yeah. Rock a bye baby on the treetop. When the Mm -hmm. wind blows, the cradle will rock. The baby comes crashing down and all. What? That's. Let me tell you one more rant I got about that. Uh, you know, they teach us, as a mentor, I have to be aware of this. We're taught in kindergarten, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And they write that on our blackboards of our minds. And as we get going and we tra-la-la through life, <laughs> next thing we hear is, wake up! It's a, it's a dichotomy, and it's not fair to the children. So they got to stop doing that. Just stay with the first one. <laughs> Life is but a dream. And just keep dreaming. And keep dreaming and keep working it. <laughs> Work Good that point. dream. What are we teaching our children? Well, Keeping it local. Now, mm-hmm. 
everybody's on a level playing field mm-hmm. uh, worldwide. So we're not concerned right now about all of the big ticket artists coming in and performing. Of course, everybody has stopped anyways. But is this a good time to focus on local entertainment? Um, Canadians in our own communities have music, have the local, and 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 I'm talking about even lo- indie artists reaching out to their own communities and and a chance for them to sort of rise to the top, for lack of a better term. That's a brilliant uh, term, and I and I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, uh, the level. F- Playing field. The playing field is now level. Again, it's that full circle with saturation. Now we're in innovation. How are we going to do this? Well, let's do this. Yeah, I think it's great. Support local artists because we have some of the best in the world. We've just, we've always been working. I've likened Canadian musicians to that grass, that blade of grass that grows up in between the cracks of the cement and the sidewalk, and you can't stop it because it's going to come up. And where does it grow? It's just cement there. But that's been us. But the business itself has been the cement because we once were only a distribution center. Throw a dart at a billboard chart. We'll do that. And then suddenly these people were put into positions of power and choosing acts and stuff. And but they were manacled. If if the act didn't didn't go, they got demoted or whacked in the wrist and and didn't get to make any more choices. So a a few of those things happened. We had some of the best sales. Look at Anne Murray. We've we've got I don't need to tell you our people Amazing. We have great, incredible talent, but it's always been through a struggle. Always been through a struggle. And I think it, I don't know if it'll ever change because it's a population. You can live off a, of a bombed out record in, in USA because of the numbers that are there to purchase. Now, in Canada, there's not that many people. Now that we're digitally connected around the world, it's all about the promotion. It's all about the word of mouth. It's all about social media. It's all about the sizzle and get it out there. Somebody over there will hear about it and just keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Actually, it's a better opportunity than there ever was for our local artists to be heard. Yeah, because I keep coming up with, the, you know, they keep promoting shop local, eat local, grow local. And, and I've been going with, how about listen local? Listen local. I was just, yeah, girl. Yeah. Oh, you're right on the money. But you know that. Thanks. I'm just learning. Do you think that the current yeah. circumstances have in any way heightened the awareness of the contributions of the music community? Especially now that we're more than a year into this pandemic. I think there's more... Maybe appreciation, not necessarily monetarily, but more spiritually and emotionally. It makes me think of that country song. How can I miss you if you never go away? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we went away and we're being missed. So the answer is yes. What have you found? That's good. That's fine. A a single syllable answer is perfect. Monosyllabic is what it's rare for me sometimes. What have you found to be the most difficult or challenging for you during the pandemic? The most most difficult and challenging is trying not to worry about my friends and neighbors who struggle on different levels. I live in a co-op and I see it. I see the ones that cannot stay home. 
and risk everything, including bringing COVID back to the place. You know, I see people struggling. I see them with tears in their eyes right now, yesterday. Um, that's the hardest thing for me uh, because that's a challenge of not just watching. What do I do? You know, bring them something sweet. Here's some just celery juice or whatever. Just let them know that they're important and they're, and they're, and they're cared about. So that's that's tough for me to to watch that to to know that that's going on or even in my own neighborhood. Never mind, it's all over the place. It gets a little overwhelming to think what can we do, but if we all, as I said in the beginning, reach out, talk to the people, be positive as much as possible because there's a lot of negative people there, who are just going down, and there are going to be some repercussions with mental health issues from this COVID. Um, situation. So I, I, I think it's imperative that we uh, we try and uplift people. We try and tell them we'll get through this. We will not stay in it. If we all stick together, I know it sounds like trite, but we really have to. There are people who don't care, but there are more people who do. So we'll get through this and. Uh, that's my, my hardest thing is um, going into a store and oh, seeing the people just touching all the all the vegetables and the things and you ask them, oh please, you know, don't touch those, don't squeeze the tomatoes and 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 they, they, they yell at you, leave us alone, leave us alone and 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 call me a racist and all kinds of things like that. that's happened to me, okay, a few mm -hmm. times. Or people are just on edge and they're just wanting to fight. I don't even want to go out. But when I do, I go out and I put a cloud of peace around me because I need it. People are really in need of compassion and they're not getting it out there. So it's like starting to be like a bunch of wild dogs, what I see. And then I see the other people, the kind people, the people who let you in in line, the people who are caring and yeah. there's the balance therein lies the balance and i do believe in the balance and i know that it will work out you mentioned mental health issues and um i'm a researchaholic so a number of pieces that i've read are and what my what i've seen experienced myself not within me but with friends are we going to is mental health are we going to be ready to handle the fallout from the mental health issues when this pandemic is over because it's run across all generations. And I don't know if we're going to be prepared to be able to handle that. I don't think anybody could ever be prepared to handle it on the, on the level it's going to hit or it is hitting. But I know that for years now, uh, Bell has done the, yeah. you know, once a month, they're going to have to come up and do it every month. Never mind once a year, let's talk. There's going to have to be, they're going to have to open a channel for people or a few telephone numbers or step up a little bit. And maybe some other people do too. I've seen it in America. They've got on television. If you're having issues here, call this number. And I think that we need to do that too. I know that Unison has been out there full force yeah, with mental amazing. health, and they just got a $2 million grant from the Ontario government to help musicians struggling. Oh, good. And they have been doing some really good work for the past several years. Several years. I photographed a number of benefits for them. At the Liberty, that was a wonderful at the one. Liberty, there was uh, James Bees does one. He did one at the yes. Old Mill, et cetera. Um, 
What I haven't seen, though, has been really quiet, is the Musicians' Union. (laughs) They've been quiet for 100 years. Are you kidding me? Uh, They said said, we all own a brick in the building. And I thought, we should all get together and go back and get our bricks. The whole place would fall down. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of the Toronto Musicians' Union. I never was. Um, They never helped me. They never helped us when we had issues with club owners. Um, They never tried to collect our money or help us. Uh, I just, I'm sorry, uh, all you guys you are on the to... board and everything. You're doing your best, mm-hmm. I know, but it's a conglomerate. And with all due respects, I'm entitled to my opinion. And here's my opinion. <laughs> That's staying in the interview. <laughs> Shoot me, sorry. What's the one song that's kept you going when you felt like nothing else could? Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive, my mother's song. What's one piece of advice, if any, you could give a young artist just starting out or thinking about a career in music? I have another song for the other one. Okay, what's the other song? Better by Hezekiah Walker. Okay, that one I don't know. I'm going to check it out on Spotify. And I will. Uh, Kurt, well, I listen to a lot of gospel, and I put it on when I'm driving, and it's just, it's just in my head, and... I just play it on my little inner radio, and it helps a lot. And better is one song I sung at the top of my lungs last summer, put it up loud and off my balcony. I just I just was, oh, my gosh, I never felt, I never sung so strong in my life. I almost killed my voice. But I wanted people to know it's going to get better, better, and it rang all the way through the, through the uh, courtyard, and it was, I felt better for it. Yeah. So you ask me what I would do to what do I think? Ask me that question again about the new kids on the oh, block. I'm going to make a comment here. So we have Coltrane in the tub, <laughs> and we have Hezekiah Walker on the balcony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll discuss that later. Um, <laughs> what is one piece of advice, if any, you would give a young artist? <laughs> Just starting you. out or thinking of a career in music. Forget about it. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I would say be hungry, but not too hungry. Find someone who knows more than you do and ask if they'll teach you something because they may not offer. Don't give up. Follow your heart. If this is truly what you want to do, you're not going to be able to do anything else. And if you do something else, then you weren't meant to do this. Sometimes you have to support and supplement your 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 artistry. We've all done that. But it should never take place of who you are and what you do and what you want to accomplish with your music. And if that ever happens, you got to stop and you got to do your music. Starve or not. That's your baby. So you cannot... Walk away from your baby. Your baby needs you because it's going to grow up into an incredible, incredible force of, of nature if you let it develop and nurture it and believe in it. I'll never be able to say that again. Oh, I got the goosebumps. That's an excellent answer, though. <laughs> right from the heart. What's the most important or impactful thing you've learned this past year? that not everybody is able to reach out. Not everybody is as strong 
as I am, have to say it. Not everybody has the positive outlook. That That's hard to, to know. And the other thing is the ones who do reach out and, and, and are part of this solution and are able to do what's necessary to keep us connected. Those people I'm learning how to cherish more and more because it takes an effort. It's an effort. But it's not too much of an effort when you work from a place of love. How are you moving forward in 2021? Well, I use my car mostly. It's a Kia. It's a little old, but it's only got 90,000 clicks on it. So I use that and my feet. I should walk a little more. I I want to get back on my bicycle. I did get on it, and I, but I put it in third gear, and I pushed, and I pushed. I, I almost didn't walk for two days. I used to cycle like that Paul DeLong just took off, eh? <laughs> and I used to do that. I'm going to do that again. We're going to start again in a lower key, lower, lower, lower thing. And that's how I'm going to start to physically move forward. Mentally, kind of hard when you're nuts like me, but I learn every day something. I believe uh, I have a strong faith, and that's the only way I can go is forward. I'm looking forward to a really good future. I'm looking forward to all the things that I've dreamt of that haven't happened. All the kicks in the head. <laughs> you know, all that stuff that I didn't get bitter over. I'm looking forward to my payday. My ship's going to come in because I still have my story to tell. And it's an interesting one. So my future's really going to be bright. I'm moving forward with my music. I'm moving forward with my writing. I'm moving forward with my community uh, advocacy and action with respect to the PSA. I'm moving forward with maybe... You know, there's one thing I didn't say. It's been a long time since I've had a relationship mm. on purpose. I've been 19 years on the mountain. And I think it's time. Maybe I'll be open to that. It's very difficult in the lockdown, but man, Zoom is there. Who knows? I might be open to something like that now because I've spent the last long time working on me. I traveled all over the world, and I, I had the fastest running shoes you ever saw. And I realized I couldn't, I couldn't move further until I had the relationship with me. So I've had that, and I'm very comfortable in my skin. I'm, I'm just now got to shrink it, you know, with the skin shrink. But I'm very happy in in my skin. I really, really am. You look happy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm two, blessed. Hmm? Two positives to come out of this: one personally, and one professionally. Two positives. Professionally, well, I've said it. Everything that we've covered, you know what I'm. What's coming up? Right. At the book. Oh, oh, there is something else too. Okay. I have I have interest from a a film television station company to do a, a documentary on my work in in Mexico, with Cross Blues. I work for the blues artists down there, a, a band, and they're great. Hugo Cadavetco, mm -hmm. um, blues band out of Guadalajara, and another band. So, I wanted to film that, and just tell the story of also rescuing my cat because uh, I found an abandoned cat that found me 
and he was starving. And I fed him for a month, and then I left. And before I left, he had the biggest cojones I ever seen in a cat. <laughs> and they weren't feeding him because he was very. <laughs> His name was Jack, and he just was, he just adopted me. And I had him neutered um, before I left, and I had someone say, "Okay, now we'll feed him." And they did that. And for two years, I never saw him. Every time I went back, he you just missed Jack. You just missed Jack. And I finally gave up on on, on seeing him. Until the last time I went, and uh, he just missed Jack, and he showed up, and he saw me, and it was like, you know those movies where the two people run together? He remembered yep. me, mm-hmm. and they said they've never seen him like this, and then I filmed it, and then he wouldn't leave me, and I'm walking, I'm leaving, and he's pacing me, he's going, so where are we going, where are we going, where are we going, and I'm like, I can't take you, I'm leaving tomorrow, and I started to cry, I said, look, if you can stay alive... Where you have no home and you sleep under cars still gets me. If you can stay alive, I'll come back for you. And what I didn't realize is when I got home, I had to put my own cat down had diabetes. Mm. I adopted him from down the hall. He was sick. Anyway, for three months, I crashed. I said, oh, man, the grief jar came out, you know. And finally, I heard that there was another cat on the thing, an orange cat named Pancho with cojones, and he was after my cat. So I um, I went down to, to Mexico. I took a, a flight to Puerto Vallarta, got the only seat that was alive that was available for an animal. The only one left, he said, I'll take it. And then a six-hour bus ride to Guadalajara and then a cab ride to Ajijic, hoping I would see him. And on the last day, I finally did got him. I'll make this quick, put him in the thing. And he didn't run. He didn't hide. He just wanted to lay on my leg. And I brought him back. And uh, he's my baby, and he's my king. And he's getting a little fat, but he's not too fat. He just rules my world, Jocko. And I gave up all of that. He's in an apartment, goes down the hall, made friends with everybody, and he's uh, the most social cat I've ever seen in my life. I just love him. What did you call him? Well, his name is Jack, but I call him El Bandito. Because he stole my heart. <laughs> Cute story. Thank you. So what happened to the other cat? I, well, the day I came down, he, people were looking after him. They didn't take him to the vet. I had to I had to put him down that day. It just broke my heart. But the other, there, there was, oh, really? Yeah, the one that was home. Oh, I, he was old, but mm-hmm. I, he, he went. And so I thought, oh, okay. So, it happened. <laughs> so I filmed the whole thing, going down oh, to get him. Really? Yeah, my iPhone 8. And uh, on the phone, everything. It's really quite a little story. So look at me blubbering. <laughs> that's okay. Ah, that's okay. He's wonderful. So that's your personal positive, And we, we've already discussed yes. your professional positive. Yes. yes. So if you could choose one artist or band you dreamed of performing with or sharing a stage with, preferably still alive... Who would that be? Drake. No. <laughs> I I met Drake many, many years ago at the, at the Junos when he lost all of his awards to Justin Bieber. And I came up to him and I said, listen, I said, I got a feeling about you. This is Justin's year. But you're going to be bigger than all of them. I I feel this, and I'm telling you right now. And when you're there, you owe me a quarter. I said the same thing to Hart at the Junos, and I got my quarter. And Patsy Galan, I got my quarter. So 
you're going to owe me a quarter. I hope it's going to be a quarter of a million. Drake, if you're listening, yeah. hey, hey, hey. No, he was, <laughs> he was very sweet. And he said, I said, just promise me one thing. When you get there, don't change. He's a really nice yeah. guy. It's really hard not to change when you're in that position. Yeah. And I'm sure he's changed a little, but not in, internally. My friend is um, Les Bates, Bateman, who built his recording studio mm-hmm. and works with uh, their producer and stuff. And I'd love to go and say hi. I I don't want to climb that marble wall. I might send in the photograph of him kissing my cheek at the Juno for mm-hmm. like 30 seconds. Like, take the picture already, please. He's a really nice guy. And I would love to do a song with him because I can rap, you know. That's, that's a hoot. <laughs> Oddly enough, when I asked this question with Paul DeLong, he came up with a few, and then he said, Drake. Come and I, on. And, and, and then he said, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, well, so, I'm not. <laughs> I so I don't know if he's actually serious yeah. or not. So you're the second person to mention Drake. God's plan. Yeah. God's plan. <laughs> you're listening, Drake? God's plan. Yeah. Call me. What brings you joy now? <sighs> I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart, I got this joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where did I get that song from? The Beverly Hillbillies the other day, Granny was singing it, and they're all singing it. And I said, yeah, that's a good one. Sometimes I sing it when I'm really down. I sing that song, and it's not as enthusiastic as what you just heard, but I get it out, and then I feel better. So, uh, joy. Joy brings you joy. That's a good one. Joy brings me joy. Um, tap into it because we all have it. And whatever that magic moment is that made you feel good or that nice memory, that will bring you joy in the in the present. I try not to get joy through ice cream, candies, things, because those are not real, really your friends, you know? I fail miserably at that one. I do, too. <laughs> But you got to forgive yourself and move on. You see, that's that's what we do. We're not going to beat ourselves up anymore. We're just going to say, okay. And that's the child in us, you know. All right, you know, tomorrow you'll be better. Like Hezekiah Walker said, it'll be better. Hezekiah and John Coltrane. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. What's your favorite memory from Yorkville from those days? Do you have one memory that stands out for you? Well, it's got to be the love-in. My first performance in front of 5,000 people off the street. And uh, it was an incredible memory because it was Blues Chapman and uh, Donnie Regan from The Diggers who put that on, along with David DePoe and the the other people. Um, And they gave me a chance to play. So I was sitting on side stage, and I'm, I'm ready to go on, and... They announce, ladies and gentlemen, a surprise guest. I said, Ooh. Uh, Warner Brothers recording artist. I said, I don't have an deal. Buffy St. Marie, my hero. And I just realized the only song I knew well enough to play was her song, Codine. Ooh. So she's up there playing. I crept up. Everybody sat at her feet, and I touched her pant leg. And and then I and then I realized, what am I going to do? I'm on next, and it's her song. I'm, what? So I went to Blues Chapman, and I said, Blues, what am I going to do? Only only song I know is 
her song. And he said, the Rubicon word, that place where you go and you cannot go any further, the watershed word. He said, well, you can always chicken out. Mm. <laughs> Not my Scottish heritage. Lead me on, brave heart. <laughs> so I, I, she left and people remember this, that I got up and I said, this is a Buffy St. Marie song. And I sung Codine, and thus I was carved into into history. <laughs> that's quite that, a memory. Thank you. Well, that's the first one that came to yeah. came to mind. That's what I was looking for. That's perfect. <laughs> and that's a wrap. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy, for sharing your time and your thoughts. And I love hearing the stories. It was wonderful. Is there anything you would like to add? Wait for my book, because it's got lots more stories from around the world and at home. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to reach out uh, to people on your wonderful podcast, because I have listened to it, and it's very intelligent. That's what I like. I'm just glad I was intelligent enough to be on it. So, <laughs> I thank you for accepting. That's great. My pleasure. God bless you. This interview was recorded at Soundhouse Studio, located on Eastern Avenue in Toronto, Canada. Owned by producer-engineer John Jameson, John is also my co-editor and mixer for all the interviews we record at Soundhouse. He makes us all sound good, and me sound like I know what I'm doing. With respect for the times we live in right now, all appropriate safety measures are taken during any in-person interview recorded at Soundhouse. Many thanks go to Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong for writing and performing the fantastic theme music for the show. And to all of you who have tuned in to listen to what these artists have to say, thank you for taking the time and inviting us into your cars, offices, and homes. I am Pat Blythe. You're listening to Love the Music. Have a great day and a wonderful evening. Mm-hmm.